us, and then we will dive in um, and get started. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for bringing us all back together, Lord. Thank you for keeping us safe and healthy. I just pray for anyone impacted by the virus, Lord, that you would just keep them safe and um, that you would heal them, Lord. Um, and I just pray that you um, provide for us in that way. And I just pray that you give us wisdom today as we tackle this topic. Would you speak to us and use your word to guide us? And I pray for Maddie and Elise who are just going to share their hearts with us. Would you just calm um, any anxiety that they're feeling and just help them share um, with genuine, genuineness and love um, with us what you've placed on their heart. And we love you, Lord, and we trust you in your name, I pray. Amen. All right, so today we're going to be talking about singleness, um, which... I know some of you in here are not single, I know some of you in here are single, but I would say most of us in here are single except for Andrea, because if you're not technically married, you're technically still single, because um, there's like no dating in the Bible, right? The Bible doesn't talk about dating, um, but today, like in our culture, if you're like, if you have a boyfriend, then you're not single, like we all know that, but there's still things that we can all learn from it, depending, no matter what stage of life you're in, um, and the Bible has a lot to say about singleness. Right? Like, a lot of people in the Bible are single. Jesus himself was single. Um, Paul writes a lot about singleness. And so um, it's something that we should know about and something that we can go to the Word for, especially if you feel discontent in your singleness or you're wondering, well, what do I actually do in my singleness? Um, like, how am I supposed to use this time? Like, the Bible guides us through that and shows us what to do. Um, so I have some questions to get us started. Um, have you guys ever seen or experienced the pressure to be in a relationship? Yeah. Where does that pressure come from? I think a lot of times it can come from the church. The church? Yeah. <laughs> for sure. I think family. Family? Yeah. Like at Thanksgiving when your grandma's like, <laughs> so when are you going to bring somebody? my brother. Um, and he usually does it like as a joke, but yeah. Yeah. But like it actually is kind of sad. He's like, Emily, you really need a boyfriend. But like as a joke, and I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, and then like you start, you start to like believe that yourself. Yeah. So like there's this pressure from maybe our church or our friends or maybe even ourselves where we're like, I think I, I think I need this. Um, in what ways do you see people idolizing relationships? Or would you guys say that people idolize relationships? Yeah, probably like when like people in a relationship like only hang out with each other in like favors and anything else. Yeah. Where it's like this person or. What other ways do you, maybe, from the outside, looking in, we could idolize relationships? Is it possible to idolize, like, the idea of a relationship? Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Why do you think we idolize it, or why do we think we put value, so much value on it? I think because, like, so many, like, it's such, like, a common thing to have a relationship, and you always, like, expect to, like, have that, like, perfect relationship start to think that we have to have it in order for people to like see us as like I don't know like normal or like mm -hmm. fulfilled yeah 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 it's kind of like well people like if I, if I have a boyfriend or if I'm in a relationship of some sort then maybe people will see me differently do you guys see the way that social media impacts relationships yeah what does it do to our perspective of relationships I think it's similar to like our perspective from like social media on like how we should look or how we should mm -hmm. act like as an individual. Yeah. Like, you can feel really put down when you like look um, on a screen like, oh, well, I should look like that or I should like be like that. Same thing with like relationships. I think, well, my relationship or like lack of relationship 
do like this one because mm-hmm. like just like they're still just showing the highlight reel of their yeah. relationship yeah they're they're picture perfect yeah pictures and yeah not saying it's bad to post on social media but right it, it also it's just the good stuff um so today the way that i've kind of framed our lesson is we're going to go through i think it's four i think it's Oh, no, it's three. Three myths slash lies about relationships or singleness that we sometimes believe. Um, and then we're going to go over biblical truth about singleness and what you can do right now. And then Elise and Maddie are going to share a little of their wisdom with us, which is going to be so wonderful. All right, so number one, the first myth or lie that we may believe about relationships or about singleness is that being in a relationship will complete me. Um, there's this belief that somehow marriage or relationships is like the ultimate destination, right? Like, oh, if, like if I'm married, then I've achieved something in life, then I'm worth something. Um, or if I don't find someone, I'm not, I'm not like where I should be, which is totally a lie. Um, but have you guys ever felt this before? This pressure of like, if I don't get married, then I'm going to be less than. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely have. Um, and the Bible tells us that our fulfillment is not in another person. Our fulfillment is not in our relationship status. Our fulfillment is in Jesus Christ alone. Um, so that's why this lie is so false, um, because it takes the focus off Jesus and says, okay, you will have fulfillment when you have Jesus and this person, or you will have fulfillment when you have this person, rather than just saying Jesus is enough, regardless if you have a person or not. Um, so in order to kind of tackle this, we're going to look at God's plan for marriage and God's plan for singleness and kind of put them side by side and contrast them um, and compare them. So turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians 5, 31. And would somebody like to read that for us? Here, let me make sure I... Yeah, could you read 531 through 33? Thanks, Maddie. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I am talking about Christ and the church. To sum up, each one of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. Awesome. All right, so there's a lot more that the Bible has to say about marriage. But in these two verses, um, what are we called to do as – what are you called to do? If you get married, or if you are married, like Andrea – what are you called to do as a Christian married couple based on these two verses? Or three verses, I guess. Um, Ephesians 5, 31 through 33. Oh. <laughs> 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 Ephesians 5. So you're called to become one. Yeah, you just become one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, so the other section I was reading is also talking about that. <laughs> Wait, really? Ephesians 4. Oh. <laughs> but we're um, Yeah, so you're supposed to become one. You're supposed to become unified. Um, and in verse 33, what does it say that um, the husband should do? Love his wife as himself. Love his wife. And the wife is also supposed to love her husband. So they're both serving each other. They're both, like, loving each other. Um, and in verse 32, it says, this mystery is profound, but what is the mystery of marriage? Like, what is the purpose of marriage based on verse 32? What does it reflect? Christ in the church. 
Christ and the church. So marriage is all about loving the other person, serving the other person, right? And glorifying God. So is marriage about you? No. No. <laughs> marriage isn't about you. Marriage is about serving the other person and reflecting God and his church. So now let's look at God's plan for singleness and his purpose behind it. So turn with me to 1 Corinthians 7, 32 through, oh no, 35, I think. I found it, Emily. <laughs> Sorry. I wrote in my notes 32 through 25, which is not possible. Let me make sure I have the right verse right now. Um, I think you I wonder if I got 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians mixed up again. Oh, no, 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 I didn't. I just wrote down the wrong one. Um, what's the verse that you wrote down in yours? It is? Did I, did I write the right, the right one down? Yeah, that's the same one I have. 32? I went all the way to 35. Okay. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. I was just confused. All right. Who would like to read 1 Corinthians 7, 32 through 35? All right. Go for it, Andrea. I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs, about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. And his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. I am saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. Awesome. All right, so what is Paul saying about singleness here? How would you summarize it? I think he's saying that, like, if you're single, it can be easier to, like, be focused. Yeah, yeah, it's easier because it's like your only focus. Yeah, yeah. So, what are singles called to do? Focus on the Lord. Focus on the Lord. <laughs> Glorify the Lord. What does glorifying the Lord look like? Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Letting your life be consumed by God. And then naturally that leads us to just be others focused, right? Be, to be serving others, to be serving the church, um, to be just like living every day in awe of the Lord. So singles are called to glorify God and to serve others um, and to basically follow whatever the Lord has for them. So is your singleness about you? No. No. <laughs> so whether you are single or you're married or you're in a relationship, it's not about you at all. It's about serving others and it's about glorifying God and falling more in love with Jesus, um, which is really interesting because that just shows that whether you are in a relationship or you're not, God has a plan for your life and it looks pretty similar to anybody that is married or single, if that makes sense. We're all called to glorify God. We're all called to serve each other. And... Um, it's never about us. It's always about the Lord. Um, so yeah, turn with me to Philippians 2, 1 through 11. We've read this passage a lot, but it's just very good. 
I think it's a good passage to turn to um, whenever we need to be reminded of what our goal is in life. So I'm going to read it for us real fast because it's kind of a big chunk. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in the full accord of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. Have this in mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in... He was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Um, so just kind of how we talked about that one week when we were discussing roles between men and women in the church, we kind of narrowed it down to, okay, we're all called to be Christians. We're all called, all called to love each other and called to serve each other. So the same goes for if you're single, if you're married, or you're in a relationship. We're all called to do the same thing. We're called to love each other, to serve each other, and to love the Lord um, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, also, let's keep in mind that everything on this earth is temporary. So... Um, do you guys, I don't know how to ask this question, but okay, that, that means that marriage is temporary as well, right? So why is marriage temporary? Because it's like, this world isn't like, gonna last forever, yeah. so like, one day we're gonna die and go to heaven and we won't be married anymore, yeah. it's just like a thing for right now to help guide us through this life. Yeah. yeah. And so, why won't there be marriage in heaven? Why won't there be a need for marriage? Because everybody's just going to love each other. Yeah. Like, that type of love is not really going to matter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're all going to finally be able to love each other perfectly. Why else? Why won't marriage be in heaven? We're all busy working with your question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way too busy worshiping God, and we'll be able to see God, and we won't just shrivel up and die because if we saw God right now we wouldn't be able to handle it but <laughs> yeah and also this sounds weird but we're also going to be married to God in heaven right we're going to be married to Jesus because we're the church and he, we're his bride and so if marriage is supposed to reflect the church then when we're in heaven there's no need for that reflection anymore because we'll be standing face to face before our savior um, and so that also means that singleness is temporary so if you are single for the rest of your life you're going to be okay because singleness is temporary. It's not the ultimate, de the ultimate destination is not marriage. Um, God will sustain you. He will be your everything. Um, and when you get to heaven, you'll be forever married to him. And Jesus is going to be the best husband ever because he's perfect. I know that's kind of weird to say, but it's also amazing at the same time. So that's lie number one. Um, lie number two is I will be happy when I'm in a relationship. Right now, I'm not happy because I am not in a relationship. Therefore, when I am in a relationship, I will be so happy. Uh, why do we believe this? Why do we believe that that will make us happy? Yes. Yeah, social media. For sure. 
why else? Why do you think that you're going to be happy when you're in a relationship? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grass is always greener. We tend to romanticize or make things maybe better than they are. Not saying that like being in a relationship isn't great, but um, it can be. We can just think that it's ultimate when it's not. Um, turn with me to Philippians 4. Maddie, I think you used this one too. I'm stealing all your thunder. Um, but this passage talks a little bit about just being content in the Lord. Can I get someone to read verses 10 through 13? And then someone to read verses 19 through 20. I can do 10 through 13. All right. Macy. Yes, please. So Macy will do 10 through 13. And who will like to follow her and say 19 through 20? I can do 10 through 13. Okay. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly. That now at least your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to, how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, verses 19 through 20. So the writer of this passage is Paul. We all know Paul pretty well, or at least we think we do. But he he was single, right? And he planted a ton of churches, and he spread the gospel, um, and God changed his life and used him in amazing ways, and he also lived a very hard life. Um, so when Paul says, I'm able to just be content, it means a lot, because a lot of the times Paul didn't have anything, and he had no one um, except the Lord. So how is Paul able to be content? whether he is brought low or brought high, whether he has nothing or he has plenty. What does he say keeps him satisfied? Knowing that like, it only brings Christ in anything else. Yeah, yeah. He knows that. It's like a truth of his soul. It's not something that he just like, you know, says willy-nilly. He's not like, oh, Jesus is enough. He's like, no, seriously, like, Jesus is enough for me. Like, I literally don't have anything else. Yes, yeah. yeah. He's like, seriously, guys, you got to believe me. Three days. <laughs> uh, in verse 19, what does, it, what does verse 19 promise us? God will meet all our needs. He will meet all our needs. So that means he will meet your needs relationally. He'll meet your needs physically. He'll meet your needs spiritually. Everything. He's going to take care of it all. So if we take this whole chapter in consideration, uh, we can look before this little passage and look into the beginning of chapter 4, which talks all about rejoicing in the Lord and being content in the Lord and having joy no matter what. Um, and the joy that we find in the Lord will never be taken from us, um, and it gives us the strength to be content no matter where we are in life. Um, so I have three passages that I think are going to be really encouraging for us this morning, so I need three readers. We're just reading all sorts of Bible passages this morning. <laughs> so annoying, Riley. Yeah, sorry. Um, let's see. Okay, can you do John six thirty five? 
And then 58.11. And then Libby, can you do Psalm 107, 8 through 9? Do you have it? Uh, yes. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. What does it mean that Jesus is our bread of life? Texas Roadhouse roll? <laughs> <laughs> that would be the bread Jesus would be. He's so. even better than a Texas <laughs> Roadhouse roll. <laughs> he's like our sustenance for our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's what we need every single day. Um, Emily, do you have Isaiah 58? Isaiah what? Uh, Isaiah 58, 11. Monster. You're good. you continually continually giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength you will be like a well-watered garden like an ever-flowing spring awesome so that passage just promises us that no matter where we are in life god will give us what we need um and then livy can you read psalm 107 8 through 9 So yeah, all these three, all three of these verses have to do with food and drink, which basically just means that Jesus is what we need to survive. So how do we have all we need in Jesus? Why is He enough? And who is He? Yeah, sorry, I wrote three questions in a row. So I just wrote um, why do we have all we need in Jesus? What do I mean when I say that? Like Jesus is enough for me. Yeah, there's not one person that he can't help yeah. or relate to. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, why else? Why, why else is Jesus enough? I think going back to like what you said, like how he um, provides for us, like for mm-hmm. everything we need. Yeah. Like if he's providing everything that we need, then that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like the, the passage just says, look at the birds of the air. Like, he takes care of them. He's going to take care of you. Um, I also think it ties right back into the gospel, right? Without Jesus, we are sinners that are destined for hell, right? Because we are unable to save ourselves. So we have all we need in, in Jesus because he's literally saved us and given us life. Um, he's enough because without him we would have nothing. Um, so if you know Jesus today, you can rest and just know that he's taking care of it. He holds you in his hand. And he's literally giving you everything because you get to spend an eternity with him, and that's secure for you. Um, so ties right back in to our favorite thing, which is the gospel. Um, so therefore, if you have the gospel, you don't need anything else to make you happy. You don't need a good job. You don't need success. You don't need um, 
popularity. You don't need a boyfriend. You don't need a relationship. Even though all those things are great, um, Jesus truly is enough for you. Um, and then finally, the last lie that we believe is that being in a relationship or getting married will fix all my problems. Um, and this, this was a piece of advice given to me, and it's just like always stuck with me, is that whenever you get into a relationship, your problems actually magnify. Like, because if you're walking, if you're close with someone, and if you're like, if you're married to someone, it's not like your problems just go away. They'll actually just be magnified because this person will be in your life and they'll see it all. And then, um, yeah, so it's quite the opposite. Your problems won't be fixed. They'll actually get worse. Um, not saying that it's, it's hopeless. Like we have a lot of hope and there is change. Um, but yeah, Andrea, would you agree with that? Like, yeah. like marriage does not fix all your problems? It does not. No. But it's, so you mentioned that you're, you said that because um, someone's, your problems get bigger because someone is there to see them. Mm. Um, after they get bigger, though, they get better. Yeah. Because, so like David notices things in me that I don't notice in myself, and I notice things in him that he doesn't notice in himself. Mm. And so having someone that is always with you and knows you very well, and like we're, obviously we've only been married for two years, but we get to know each other better. Um, it is nice because he looks at what I'm doing and he's like, you can do this better. Or like, this is a simple solution to this. And I'm like, why haven't I known this for the past 25 years? Yeah. But um, it doesn't fix everything. There, you, have to, you have to work very hard to get to the point where you can help each other fix things because we don't like to be critical on ourselves, even though we are, right? And we don't like to hear harsh criticism. But when you get into a relationship, I mean, even if, right, even if you've got a boyfriend, they're with you so often they see your mannerisms, they see how you are when you're hungry, they see how you are when you're frustrated or sad or happy, like they see all those things and they're like, you got some weaknesses here, like we can, we need to change those. <laughs> I'm great, I don't want to change that, fantastic, <laughs> wow, you know. But, like you're right, when you get into a relationship, it's just, like it just gets bigger. Yeah. And it just, you see it more because someone else is helping you. Yeah. Point out. Yeah. Yeah, we don't post those. We don't post those issues on social media. No, definitely but, not. Yeah, makes like an Instagram reel. So I'm gonna go through a quick list of things that you can do right now as a single person, or if you're in a relationship, you can still think about them. Um, but I'm just gonna run through them real fast so that Elise and Maddie have plenty of time to do their thing. But. Okay, number one, devote yourself to God. Use this time in your life to grow closer to the Lord. Um, fall more in love with Jesus. Get to know him. Get to know the word. Um, number two, don't waste your singleness. It's not a waiting period. You're not waiting around for Prince Charming. You can be a strong woman and just do serve the Lord well. Um, number three, don't think of your singleness as second best. Like God has not elevated marriage above singleness. They're equal in his eyes. Um, he created marriage, but he also created singleness. Um, Jesus was single, so, and Jesus is great. Um, commit yourself to the church and community. So get involved, that way you're not, you don't feel alone. Um, and just dive into what the Lord has for you there. And five, if you desire to get married, it's not bad to desire to get married, it's totally fine. Um, but you can use this time when you're not married to build your identity in Christ, because if your identity is found anywhere else, um, your marriage is not gonna be strong. You're not gonna. You're gonna struggle. Um, your identity has to be in Jesus first and foremost. Otherwise, things will just crumble around you because our foundation has to be in Him. 
And number six, keep your eyes fixed on heaven. Remember, everything is temporary. Marriage is temporary. Singleness is temporary. The things that we face in this life are temporary. Um, and one day we'll be with Jesus forever. And it'll be incredible. And I hope we can all hang out there together. Um, also, if you are in a relationship, don't forget about your single friends. Um, make sure that they um, are not alone. Make sure you don't forget about them and hang out with all your, your boyfriend or your whoever and encourage them, love them well. And yeah, that's all I have. Do you guys have any questions or comments? Alrighty. Well, I have Maddie and Elise that are going to share just a little bit about what the Lord is teaching them and what he's shown them. Um, Maddie, would you like to start us off? I'll just switch you spots. Um, so I just have two kind of like main points. Um, the first one is to think of singleness as a gift. That's something I'm still working on. Um, so if we, Riley went over 1 Corinthians 7, 32 to 35, but I don't think it hurts to read it again. Does anyone want to read it or I can read it? Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 32 through 35. I really like the last part of verse 35 where it says you may be devoted to the Lord without distraction. Riley touched on it earlier, but I think um, like a gift you have of being single is being able to devote yourself like fully and deeply to the Lord and to use the time to grow your identity in Christ and really build that strong foundation that you have. So I think that's one of the big gifts of singleness. Um, and I also believe that, like, I don't think it's a bad thing to long for a relationship or to desire a relationship, but if you dwell on it for too long, I think it's like you're almost underappreciating the gift that God's given you to be single. Um, because being single is a gift, um, and it just gives you so much time to spend with the Lord and spend in the church and in community. Um, so. If you underappreciate it, you're almost underappreciating God and what he's gifted you with. Um, the second topic I want to touch on is on loneliness and discontentment in singleness. Um, I just want to start off by saying that singleness and loneliness are not the same thing. They're two very different things. Because you can, tell me if I'm wrong, but you can be like married or dating and in a relationship and still be lonely. I still think that's a very real thing. So just because you're single doesn't mean you have to be lonely. Um, and flipping to Philippians 
chapter 4, verses 10 through 14. If anyone wants to read that. Thank you. Um, so if that's Riley also kind of touched on this a little bit. That's okay. Um, being content in singleness is, I think it's personally really hard. That's also something, all, all the things I'm saying today are some things I'm still actively working on. Um, but learning, like, if you're not going to be content in your relationship with Christ and, like, continuously growing in your relationship with Christ, how will, like, you get into a relationship and be content in that relationship if you don't have that foundation and contentment in Christ? I just don't think the two mesh very well. Um, and then, yeah, so that's, that's all I have going. Um, if you want to flip to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. And can someone read that for me also? Sixteen. Please. Wait, is it four sixteen? Second Timothy. I was listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago and they brought up this point um, but they had talked about like if you don't realize that Jesus is all you need like you don't realize Jesus is all you need until he's really like all you have um, so why wait until he's all you have, like, literally all you have? Why wait until then? Why don't you, like, realize beforehand that, like, you need Jesus before he's literally all you have? Um, that, that was just a really good point that I thought they made. Um, yeah, that's it. I don't have really Yay. any questions or anything. writing them. It is. It's all I use. I cannot spell. Um, so before I actually like go into like um, the question that I like want to ask you guys for this conversation, um, I just want to like talk about like what God has taught me through being single. Um, I feel like all throughout like high school and just like life in general, I felt like I was just kind of it was in like it was kind of weird that I was single like because everyone else uh, always had like a boyfriend or they used to have a boyfriend and I was like oh it was 
it's okay? Am I like less mature than them or are they just like have like more wisdom than me or something? Um, but like I feel like God has like slowly taught me like to remember all the things that I do have. Um, like my family, my friends, uh, just all the things that he has given me to help me like be happy in this life and I don't really need a boyfriend and I don't really need all that. Though I still do like struggle with it, um, but he has really helped me. But aside from like all the things he has given me, like family and friends and all the like gifts that he has given me, I think the most important is just his presence. Um, so that's kind of like what all my stuff is going to be about. Uh, so why do you guys think that people don't like being single or they don't want to be single? Kind of like probably a combination of like peer pressure and like your like jealousy. Yeah. And just all just like thinking you'll be better. Yeah. Yeah. Or you might feel like there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, oh I guess no one likes me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's also super fun to do life with a buddy. Yeah. You know? Like if you have siblings growing up, it's super fun to like do everything with your siblings, but then you get to adult age and you're like <laughs> I don't have a buddy anymore. Yeah, like all my sisters went to colleges all over the state of Indiana, so we don't hang out all the time. Yeah, but it's super fun to have a buddy. Yeah. Anything else? I feel like also people want to fit in. Mhm. Yeah, yeah, and there are like a lot of valid and like noble reasons to why people don't want to be single. Like they have a desire to like find someone that they like really get along with or that they can just love for like the rest of their life or um, they don't like the idea of being alone and these are okay reasons but um, I know for myself uh, I like just my personality is just okay with waiting because I like to avoid all problems (laughs) Uh, yeah so I'm just like fine with waiting of course there have been times where I feel kind of like a little jealous of those who have already like found good relationships. I'm like, oh no, when am I going to find mine? <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. So it is important that for us to remember that God is our true fulfillment and he can bring us all that comfort that we need. Like what Maddie was saying, even if we did have a relationship, like it doesn't mean we're gonna be fulfilled. It doesn't mean that we're not going to be lonely for the rest of our lives. Um, so I just have a few verses that we can search up. Um, who wants to search up Isaiah 41.10? Wait, we have a sticker of that. Oh, you do? That's right. <laughs> it's a very popular it's verse. Right. It's not on that. Wait, I'm so close. Huh, I got it. Actually, I don't, I can't see the whole verse on this. Okay, go ahead, Maddie. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Uh, Yeah, so this is just a verse that I found that just brings me a lot of comfort and reminds me that a lot of who I am is in God, not in myself. 
Um, I think sometimes people may think that, I know for like this is also for me too, but sometimes I think that think that my worth is found in the people I know or the relationships I have or what I do in this life, but God is already like holding on to me through all that. Uh, so it's a really good reminder. Um, who wants to search up Hosea 2, 19 through 20? Whenever you are ready. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> So, I think I think it's not. I, I thought it was nineteen through twenty, but I think it was just nineteen. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was getting excited. I know. I was, I was like, this is not what I thought. <laughs> so reading that verse um, just kind of shows God's like love for me and how powerful it is. And how even if I'm single for the rest of my life, I will always have him no matter what. So it's just kind of a comforting feeling, which is really nice. Does anyone, what does like everyone else think when they read that verse about singleness? It'll just be like kind of it'll be like nothing compared to what we will have but yet marriage is also like a like a picture of what God has done for us and how he like commits to us and how we can commit to him um, so the last verse is Matthew 30 through 31 might just be 30 but we'll see <laughs> like the whole chapter 30 oh Oh, then it's probably Matthew 30, 31. <laughs> Autocorrect cannot solve everything. There's not 30. <laughs> okay, well, I'll just read it then. Uh, but even the hairs on your head are numbered. Fear not, therefore you are more valuable than the sparrows. Uh, so I don't know how valuable sparrows were back then, but they must have been very valuable. Um, but again... Or we're just not. Yeah, or it is nothing. <laughs> but I mean, I've I've been told this so many times, but just the fact that God knows how many hairs are on my head and he he pays attention to so many details from me. Um again, just proves his shows his love for me and how he declares it. Um and 
It says more value than many sparrows. So again, don't know what sparrows do, but they're pretty valuable, apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just kind of amazing to read that. And uh, it just shows me how large God's love is for me. So, yep, that's all I have. That was 10 minutes. <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> Thank you, Elise and Daddy, for sharing. It's so good to like hear from other people other than me. <laughs> um, uh, let me wrap us up in prayer, and then we can eat donuts to our heart's content. <laughs> Um, dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for all these um, ladies that you've brought into my life and you've brought to Village, Lord. Um, thank you for the blessing that they've been um, to me and to each other. Um, I just pray that we take what we've learned today and that we apply it to our lives and that we find our ultimate satisfaction in you. Um, that anyone today that doesn't feel complete joy in you and fulfillment in you, Lord, that they would um, find that. Um, that you would give them a desire to be in your word and to know you. Um, and Lord, would you just change change us and change our hearts and um, draw us even closer to you. We love you, Lord, and we want to do your will. Um, in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Next week, Andrea and Shelby are going to be teaching. Yeah. So everybody... Shelby is my eye person. I'm my doctor. Yeah. <laughs>